As Don said this morning, this is the final uh, message on our breakthrough series. So we've talked about breaking through in life, if it's a sin, if it's an issue. We've talked about breaking through to dads and how to reach men in our community. We've talked about breaking through negative uh, thinking and finding God's choice or joy. That's a choice we make. And today we're going to be talking about breaking through the grip of fear. So we're talking about risk-taking and being the people of faith that God called us to be. So we have a theme verse this morning. It's out of the Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, which reads, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Why don't we read that together aloud, please? For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we believe in a God who is faithful. We believe in a God who is creative. We believe in a God who is artistic. We believe in a God who is adventurous. We believe in a God who founded His church 2,000 years ago with risk-taking people. We believe in a supernatural God. We believe in a God of miracles. We believe in a God that changes lives. We believe in a God who makes a difference in this world. And we as the people of God, we are a people of faith. God has given us a mission in this earth to make a difference, to be a light in our world. And over the past few months, our 125th anniversary, we've been talking about how this church has planted churches how this church grew, how this church has had an impact in Pasadena and continue to have an impact in Pasadena. So this morning, we are gathered here as a people of faith. We are people of risk. And that's what I want to encourage you today, to continue being the people of faith. Continue taking the risk in life. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at the life of Peter. And we're going to be taking a a look at how he overcame his fear. And uh, we find this text in Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 22. Matthew 14, 22. And uh, so we're going to read this scripture. In Matthew 14, 22, we read, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, And go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Verse 30, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. 
Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they had climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the, men, when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. So as we begin this message, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father God, as we conclude this series, this is a breakthrough Sunday for us. And Father God, I pray this morning that on this final Sunday as we deal with this subject, that you would give us our breakthrough. If over this past month we've been dealing with issues, Lord God, with fear, with negativity, with lack of faith, with lack of joy, with lack of passion, purpose, and focus about living for you and serving you, Lord God, I pray that you would give us our breakthrough today. I pray, Lord God, that you would remove and take away the sadness, the oppression, the heaviness, and that we would just break through, Lord God, and we would find true, true freedom in Christ. We would find, find true peace, true meaning and purpose in you, Jesus, and in nothing else. Father God, I pray like never before you would solidify our relationship with you, that we truly would have intimacy, Lord God, that we truly would be followers of Christ. So God, if there's sin in our life, today is the day where we ask you to forgive us and to remove it, and that you would set us free through the power of your Holy Spirit. If there's any bondage, if there's any chains, Lord God, if there's anything holding us back, we pray, Lord God, that you would just set us free this morning, free to worship you, free to live for you, free to be the people you have called us to be. This is the day. This is our day. We pray this now. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Now, are you beginning to sense that freedom? You're beginning to let go of those things in your life? Amen. Amen. I want to talk about Peter. I want to talk about this uh, remarkable incident. And as we go into this subject talking about fear and talking about this incredible storm that the disciples were dealing with and the waves and the water, I just wanted to show you some pictures. One of my uh, favorite movies of all time here, The Perfect Storm. Now, my wife and I lived in New England for a couple of years, and I knew a carpenter who was actually working uh, on Martha's Vineyard when this perfect storm event happened. And he told me that while he was on Martha's Vineyard, they rushed all the people into the elementary school, and that the waves came into that town. It was, it was a, an incredible time in the North Atlantic there, right? The fishermen uh, that fish out of Gloucester, Mass. Got another picture here of uh, two famous actors, uh, Clooney and Wahlberg. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, Glu Glu uh, George Clooney has actually, uh, I believe, come to our church. Uh, they film uh, a couple of scenes from The Good German here. So you can tell that to your friends that George Clooney uh, came to First Baptist Pasadena. But anyways, you can look at the expression on his face there. Wow! And sometimes that's our expression when it comes to dealing with life. We're overwhelmed. 
by the economy and by family situations and marriage and children or singleness, whatever the case may be for you. Another picture here of, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't the only one that walked on water. Peter also walked on water there for a couple of moments. And uh, sometimes that's how life feels for us. You know, what's going to happen with my job in the fall? What's going to happen with the housing market? Let's leave that picture up a little bit more. I think we're having fun with that picture. Okay? But this is what I want to talk to you about this morning. Show the next picture. Okay? Taking the leap of faith. Okay? Getting out of the boat. That's what we want to talk to you about this morning. How Peter was able to overcome his fear and actually get out of the boat. And uh, we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But let's leave that picture up while we talk here just for a bit. If you look at the context of Matthew chapter 14, uh, as I said at the beginning, we believe in a supernatural God. Being a Christian is a supernatural experience. It's not just an intellectual experience. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ who performed miracles. And the context of Matthew 14 is there was a lot of miracles going on. He had just finished uh, feeding the thousands. That was a miracle. He was teaching his disciples how to walk by faith, by example. And then he put them in a very difficult situation, out at sea in the middle of a storm. So really, this is your story. This is my story. God every day is teaching us how to walk by faith, not by sight. Every day, God is teaching us to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And if we are truly to grow in our faith, if we are truly to be the people of the Spirit that God wants us to be, God is going to place us in difficult situations, in difficult circumstances to challenge us and to stretch our faith. So being a person of faith, being a person of risk, that's something you learn. Okay? And Jesus taught this to His disciples firsthand. Being a person of faith or being a person that takes a risk or gets out of the boat is not something you're going to learn in the classroom. It's not something you're going to learn sitting at church. It's, you're going to learn this by doing it and by following someone's example. Either a father or a mother, a pastor, a mentor, someone you admire, someone you respect, someone you look up to, someone who's actually discipling you and showing you the way. This is the way you take risks. This is how you step out in faith. And I know many of us this morning have those kind of examples in our lives. Maybe your father was a church planner. Maybe your mother was a single mom. And she took the job and she went back to school and she got her degree. And she not only raised you, but she got an education. And she got a great job. We know risk takers in our lives. Maybe it's a friend of yours who started a business. He just had an idea and he took a risk of faith. Maybe it was you when you were 25 years old and you were very nervous and you were very shy, but you said, what the heck? I'm going to buy the ring and I'm going to propose to that beautiful woman. I'm going to take a risk. You know, maybe I won't apply for City College. Maybe I'm going to go ahead and fill out my application so I can go to Harvard University. Take a risk. 
And as in you sit in this incredible building, it's in this incredible structure, we have to remember that a hundred years ago, over a hundred years ago, people came from the East Coast to the West Coast. And there was no Baptist church out here. And they said, we're going to take a risk. A risk. We're going to go west. We're going to build a church. But there's no people. We fit 1,700 people in this building. But they took a risk. If you look back at the 2,000-year history of the church, the church was built up by saints. The church was built up by men and women just like you. Missionaries, prophets, people that went into different countries and different languages and different cultures. They were persecuted. That is your story. That is my story. That is our legacy. That is our inheritance. We are the children of God. We are the people of faith. We are the ones that go out into the world where no one else wants to go into. There are people in the world today that have given up on societies. There are people today that have given up on neighborhoods. They've given up on nations, but not the church of Jesus Christ. We will go where no one else will go. We will go to the toughest spot where people don't believe, where there is the most sin. We will go and make a difference because we are the people of God. It's in our blood. It's in your blood. That's who we are. They can arrest us. They can persecute us. They can mock us. They can belittle us. They can criticize us. But we will stand up to it. That is our inheritance. That is our legacy. That's how we give honor to these previous leaders that we've talked about who gave everything up. And you know what? It's not just knowing that it's your legacy. It's not just knowing it's your inheritance. It's not just knowing that it's in your blood. It's in your DNA as believers today. It's also something that someone teaches you. Maybe a dad, an aunt, an uncle, a neighbor, a relative, an older person in the congregation. Who is teaching you to walk by faith? Who are the risk takers that you are looking to as an example? That's what Jesus Christ did with these 12 disciples. He said, come away from business. Come away from fishing. Come away from tax collecting. And I will teach you and I will show you a new way. And Jesus performed all kinds of miracles in front of His disciples. See how I feed the multitudes, men. See how I feed the poor. See how I, how I heal the sick. But then it comes a time and point in our maturation as we grow up, as we mature, as we become adults, where Jesus then turns to us and He says, now it's your turn. Now it's your opportunity to get out of the boat. So the disciples went out into the water. Then the Bible says that Jesus came walking on the water to the disciples. And the first reaction that the disciples had was fear. They were afraid of the unknown. Is this a ghost? Who is this? And it's so interesting to me that Peter being the passionate and impulsive man that he was, he wasn't a perfect man. He dealt with fear throughout his life. It wasn't just this one occasion. But sometimes we badger Peter so much and we beat up Peter so much for betraying Christ. I want you to know that it was Peter who took the initiative to get on out of the boat and walk on the water. Other than Jesus Christ, it was Peter who walked on the water. So if God is calling you to be a risk taker, it doesn't mean you're perfect. If God is calling you to be a risk taker, it doesn't mean you have the most faith and you're better than somebody else. We all have our challenges. We all have our imperfections. We all have our weaknesses. This is yours truly, most included. So Peter overcame his fear. He got out of the boat and he started to walk on water. 
And one of the hardest things to do in life is just to get started and to get out of the boat. That's, that's the hardest part of it. You know, once you're out of the boat, once you get out in front, once you start doing what God's called you to do, it gets a lot easier. It could be learning a new language. It could be planning a church or starting a new ministry. Once you take that leap of faith, is it or is it not easier? The hardest part is just getting started. The hardest part is just getting out of the boat. And one of the hardest things about getting out of the boat is that the other people that are in the boat with you are going to tell you what? What are they going to tell you? Don't get out of the boat. You're crazy. Right? The old Mexican-American kid raised in the inner city of Los Angeles. I was raised by a single mom. We were a poor family. I mean, I remember as a little kid getting that welfare check in the mail, getting the food stamps in the mail. That's how poor we were. In the neighborhood that I grew up in Los Angeles, in Koreatown, there was a lot of gangs. We had Playboys, 14th Street, Canton. I saw people killed as an 8-year-old kid. I saw people stabbed. I saw people shot. And when I was 17 years old, I said to myself, i got to get out of L.A. This city's going to kill me. And the step of faith, the risk that I took, was I signed up to go to Bible college in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And a lot of people said to me, why are you going all the way to Louisiana? Because I want to get as far as L.A. as I can. Because that place is going to kill me. And once I got out to Louisiana, because I was raised by a single mom, uh, I didn't have a lot of male influence in my life. My dad would come visit at least once a month on the weekends. And I knew that I had to toughen up a little bit. I was too soft, like, like I am now here, right? And uh, at 17 years old, I joined the Army. I talked to a recruiter. I talked to a recruiter and I joined the army also because I knew that I had to step it up and be tougher, be not so soft. So these risks that I'm talking about, I've done these risks. You all have a story. You can all come up here and tell us the kind of risks that you've taken with your life. But one of the interesting things about Latino or the Hispanic community is when you go to way of college, what does, does the Latino stereotypically, what does the family or your... Barrio, what do they tell you? What do they tell you? Why are you leaving us? Why are you selling out? Oh, you think you're white now. You think you're a gringo now. That's the kind of pressure that we as young Hispanics, young Latinos, we experience, or I at least experience, and I know other young people that experience, because they've come and they've told me that. Okay? So it's about breaking through because people are going to say, we're not that kind of a church. We're, 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 we're this kind of a church. We, we, we can't take that kind of step. We can't take that kind of risk. So maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your culture. Maybe it's in your own marriage or in your family or where you work. Maybe you work in a certain organization or a certain company and you have an idea how to make your product better. You know? And you want to take a risk to improve your product, improve your company. But you, you're surrounded by naysayers. Well, we got to take a meeting on that. You know, we got to bring that to the board. Well, come here, young man. Let me tell you the way things work. We have to have stuff in committee for about a year or two years before we take action or we make a decision. See what I'm talking about? So Peter was in this boat, surrounded by these disciples who uh, hypothetically could have been telling to Peter, don't go, don't go, don't go. So it's not just about you taking a risk. It's about other people that are around you, that surround you, also supporting you and encouraging you. And guess what, folks? Sometimes 
those folks are not going to be supporting you, supporting you or encouraging you. If it's learning a new language, if it's going back to school, if it's getting closer to God, if it's starting a new ministry, it's about making a change in your life or making a move or applying for a promotion or a change of job, change of venue, whatever the case may be. But Peter took that step of faith. And some of the fears that I've seen people struggle with over the years, some of the fears that I've seen that have literally paralyzed people, I can go through the list here. The biggest fear that I've seen that have paralyzed people is the fear of what other people are going to think of me. I know people right now that are literally paralyzed and every move they make is based on what people are going to say about them at work, at school, with family, at church. The fear of what other people are going to think about you. Some people are paralyzed with fear. They don't make a move in life because they are afraid of failure. Well, what about if I apply? What about if I try? What about if I take a step out of faith and then I fail? Well, it's probably better not, better not even to try. Fear what other people are going to say. Fear of failure. Another big fear that I've seen that have paralyzed people is the fear of rejection. Well, what about if I go to someone and I tell them my true feelings? Right? What about if I go say, hey, I, I want to do this, and they tell me no. Well, it's probably better not to do that then. Okay? And this serious talk that I'm having with you this morning, I've had this talk with many people over the years. I remember I had this talk about fear. I talked to men. Okay? I talked to a group of men. And one guy, one bald, bald, bald guy, tough-looking guy, he said at the end of this discussion about fear and what people are going to think, what people are going to say, he, he literally raised his hand. And in front of all the other men, he said, Pastor Eddie, I want you to know something. 90% of my life is ruled by fear. See, the fact of the matter is, either we make decisions and choices and take action in our life either based on faith or based on fear. And I had a man confess to me, 90% of my life, the decisions I make in life are based on fear. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, and fear of what people are going to think or say about me. And you're paralyzed to make a move. But we serve a Lord who takes risk. God, Christ, is calling us to be true to Him, to listen to His Word, and to do what God has called you to do. And it doesn't matter what other people are going to say. It's about stepping out in faith and taking a risk. Are you with me this morning? Can you say amen this morning? Being the risk takers that God has called us to be. And one of the biggest examples that I learned about life, it's not about how big and tough you are. You could be the biggest and the toughest guy, you know, but if you don't take the risk, you can be brought to tears. And, 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 and I've known folks that have, uh, have, have dealt with that. So in your teaching notes, and we actually do have teaching notes, and I know I've been going long here with the intro, but we should go rather, uh, rather quick through this. Uh, point number one. Peter was afraid when he saw the wind. Okay? Now, isn't that interesting? Can anyone see the wind? Isn't that interesting how it's worded that way? Well, I think what it's truly trying to say is when he saw the waves. Okay? He saw the circumstances. You're going to like this next picture. 
Number two. Jesus rebuked his disciples for having little faith. So you see a picture there of Peter. I mean, he's like, his head's going under the water. Save me, save me. And at that moment, Jesus rebuked them. Now, I don't know about you, but over the years I've heard that it's not very PC to do this negative stuff, right? It's all about positive coaching, right? It's all about praising or overpraising, you know? But Jesus didn't overpraise, right? He didn't do the so-called positive coaching here, positive teaching. What did Jesus do? He actually rebuked his disciples for having little faith. And this is such an interesting discussion here. Because at one point, the disciples actually asked Jesus, increase our faith. They actually said that to him at one point. Jesus, we want to have more faith. And what Jesus taught his disciples about faith is he said this to them. He said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now, I want to ask you this question, okay? How many of you this morning do you believe that you at least have the faith the size of a mustard seed? Okay, right? That's, that's positive. We have at least the faith of the mustard seed. What Jesus was trying to say is that anyone, anyone can start being a person of faith if they start with that little mustard seed. And if you've been to Israel, if you've been to Palestine, have you ever seen one of those mustard trees? Anybody ever seen one of those mustard trees? What are those mustard trees like? What? They're huge. They're big trees. So in other words, Jesus is saying, you got to start small, and then your faith will eventually grow big. How many can do that this morning? How many can do that today? How many of you can say, God, yes, I do have the faith of a mustard seed. And the thing is, one day it will be a big tree of faith. Now this is the thing. When you ask the Lord to increase your faith or give you more faith, what kind of situations is God going to put you in so you can exercise your faith and your faith can grow? What kind of situations is God going to place you in? Huh? Is God going to put us in uh, comforting, comfortable situations that doesn't require faith, where everything's perfect, the wife, the kids, and school, and work, and the car, and church, and everything's going great situations? No. If you pray to the Lord, increase my faith, give me more faith, what kind of situation is God going to put us in? He's going to put us in tough, difficult situations, so we have to be careful what we ask for and what we pray for. And now I want to pose this question. Very serious question I want to pose. I want you to think about the Christian life that you live. I want you to think about your daily life as a believer. Your Bible reading, your prayer, your devotional time, sharing your faith, the ministry that you're involved in, because we should all be involved in a ministry. I want you to think about your week being the Christian that you are, being the believer that you are, if you are today. I want to ask you this question. What faith is required to live out that life? Are you using faith? Have you used faith this week to live the life you've lived? Okay? Has your week been so comfortable, so routine, so predictable, Same old, same old, get up in the morning, 
cup of coffee, go to work, go to church, read your Bible, say a little prayer, come to church, and hopefully the fans will be on, right? Hopefully the organ will be tuned. Hopefully you'll know the songs and it won't be too loud. Is the kind of life we are living as Christians today, does it require any faith nowadays? And I think many times we get caught in the trap where we get too comfortable, too predictable. There's so much routine in the life that we live that we are not using the faith that God wants us to use. That we have not become the risk takers that God wants us to be. Because we're so comfortable. So maybe today we're in the boat. Maybe we're all in the boat together. And we want to maintain everything the same. This week in staff, we took a look at a, at, at, at uh, three different types of churches. The, the undertaking church, the caretaking church, and the risk-taking church. Okay? The undertaking church is a church that focuses on the past. Those were the good old days. The caretaking church is a church where we just want to maintain the peace and keep everybody happy. The risk-taking church is a church that wants to reach out, expand, grow, start new ministries, and disciple the city to become followers of Jesus Christ. That's a risk-taking church. Or that's a risk-taking person. Okay? So this fear issue that Peter struggled with... uh, He struggled with it in life. If you go to point three, later in life, Peter, he struck down the servant of the high priest. Fear caused Peter to be angry and aggressive. This was a recurring theme in Peter's life, if you can see that picture there. And sometimes when you have fear, you get aggressive, right, and angry, You come across as angry, but you're not really an angry person. Fear has a hold in your life. The next one. See that picture there? Uh, The night that Jesus was betrayed, he's around the fire. Fear caused Peter even to deny Christ. It's an ongoing struggle in Peter's life was fear. It's a recurring theme in his life. And the Scripture is very powerful if you want to read it. It's in Mark 14, verse 66. Powerful passage. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said and went out into the entryway. When he saw the servant girl, when the servant girl saw him there, she again, to those standing around, said to them, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. Now look at this, check this out. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. 
Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And what does it say? And he broke down and wept. I mean, this fear issue in Peter's life is getting the best of him. I mean, he's on his hands and knees crying, weeping, sobbing, depressed. He's probably feeling like a what? Like a failure. Horrible. Because he didn't know how much Christ loved him. He didn't realize how much Christ loved him unconditionally. And you know, these past couple of weeks we've been talking about a couple of different things. Uh, negativity, lack of joy, breaking through different sins, uh, fear. And, and the key to them all is knowing who you are in Christ. Right? That's the key to it all. Knowing your identity in Christ. That Christ loves you. That Christ saved you. That Christ forgave you. That He loves you unconditionally. That we don't need to be in bondage to fear any of this stuff. But Peter quite didn't have a handle on that. He probably felt he had to perform and he had to work for it. And he had to be the big macho fisherman with a foul mouth guy. He was, he was living out something that, that wasn't his destiny, wasn't his plan. God's plan for his life. The fifth one here, look at this. Fear caused Peter to be jealous. Okay? Now this is a beautiful portrait of Peter and John. Now what is Peter and John doing in this picture? This is the famous passage when Peter and John are running to the empty tomb. Okay? They were running. So who was younger of the two? John. John was the younger one. Right? So who got to the entrance of the tomb first? John. But who, you're going to know this one, who was the first one to go into the empty tomb? Who? You better believe it was Peter because he was the passionate, impulsive one, right? That's Peter. He's the risk taker. So these two men should seemingly have a bond. The old and the young. The passionate and the one who was so loving and tender. I mean, John is the one that rested his head on Jesus' chest and heard his heartbeat. At the Last Supper, there was a strong connection between John and Christ. But there was also a strong connection with Peter and Christ. Two very different men. Two very different relationships. What a team. Imagine if we had this team today of Peter and John. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Wonderful. But Peter became jealous of John. If you look in your Bibles, John 21, verse 21. Remember when Jesus, uh, after His uh, resurrection, He came and had uh, fish sticks with His disciples? Remember that? Okay. All right. Okay. We have the Scripture up here on the slide for you. Peter turned and saw that the disciples whom Jesus loved was following them. Okay. Look at that. See, Jesus just finished having this incredible conversation with Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you see that love theme? See, Peter didn't know how much Christ loved him. Do you know how much Christ loves you? Do you know how much unconditional God has for you? That He loves you and accepts you and forgiven you? If you grasp who you are in Christ, you can do anything. You can move mountains. You can get up in front of a thousand peoples. You can sell everything you have and go out into the world and proclaim the gospel. Yes or no? Yeah, you can do anything if you know how much He loves you. Peter quite didn't know that. That's why he struggled with this fear issue. So Jesus and Peter have this incredible conversation. So basically, 
uh, Peter was thinking, well, you know, it's Jesus is just really the two of us and forget the other guys. No, that's not the way a family works. That's not the way a family works. Family is team. Family is family. Family are different parts and different members. It's not just Peter and Jesus that have a relationship. Jesus also has a relationship with John and Matthew and Nathaniel. Right? Jesus doesn't just love the worship pastor or love uh, the senior pastor or the associate pastor. Jesus doesn't just have a relationship with the usher or someone who runs the media or sound. He has a relationship with each one of us. Each one of our relationship with God is unique and different. We shouldn't judge our relationship with Him based on someone else's relationship with them. Are you following me here? And that's when jealousy creeps in. So Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Hello, Peter, you don't even want John to be following? This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? It's kind of like John was putting the knife in there in Peter. Okay? Or Judas. Denied. Peter denied. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die, but Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? So Peter deal with jealousy. Final two scriptures here. Number six, Peter overcame fear through God's unconditional love. First John 4.18. Look what John says about love. Here's his friend again. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all what? All fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And I want to show you this picture here how Peter finished his life. Okay? How did Peter finish his life? Crucified like his Lord. Crucified upside down. And now these are Peter's words. Second Peter verses 1, 12 through 15. So I will always remind you of these things. And Peter just finished talking about love and humility and patience and endurance. So I will always remind you of these things, the teachings of Christ, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. And he's talking about love. If you read First and Second Peter, you're going to see he's talking about love. And I wanted to close the service uh, just affirming and encouraging you. And just really some real quick testimonials here. Uh, there are some folks in our church, and I know there are many, many of you, but just some folks that I've interacted with that have taken risks recently for new ministries. So I've talked to a couple of people this week. I see Katie, she's over here. If she can come up. I don't know if Nettie's here. I talked to her. Nettie's over here. Uh, I also uh, talked to Chris. I don't know if Rod is here. He's uh, someone that's new to our church. Why don't you guys come up here and just stand up here next to me? And uh, just a couple of risks that that, uh, that we take. Can I get a handheld mic for her? Behind me. Okay. 
Now, Nettie did something really awesome on Wednesday night. Just tell us the fear you had to come over, the risk that you took. I overcame my fear last week by giving my testimony in the chapel in front of a lot of people, even though I don't like public, public speaking. All right, so let's give a little praise. Okay. And Katie, you took a risk recently to get involved in a new ministry. You had to take like a week off of work and... Mm-hmm. and so just tell us yeah. about that. Well, basically, in the last couple of weeks, weeks, I've been involved in the parent project. And um, it's been a risk for me in the sense that it's taken me out of my comfort zone of organization and um, having things planned. I like everything planned out and ready to go and just jump in and do it. Um, but this is in the, the developmental stages. And so it's really kind of made me go that extra step in being part of the development of it. Um, yes, I did have to take a week off of work. I um, use some vacation time for that. I'm doing it without pay, um, even though times um, are struggles right now. And um, also taking the risk of finding the families, finding people to work with the youth, um, and finding that trust within myself to kind of just let God be the organizer of it all. Amen. Thank you, Katie, so much. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Some risk takers. I know there's many more. So we're going to stand up right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to take a risk this morning. Uh, we're going to have an altar call. Okay? We're going to have an altar call this morning. So I'm going to ask you to take a risk. If there is a certain fear that you want to give to the Lord today, I'm going to ask you to come forward today. If there is a risk that you want to take in life, if it's applying for a new job, asking for a promotion, uh, applying to go to school, starting a new ministry, whatever the case may be, if this is a week where you want to get out of the boat and step out in faith in an area of your life, if it's learning a new language, drawing closer to God, maybe it's reaching out to friends, maybe it's having people over, maybe it's starting a small group in your home, Maybe it's getting involved at church or getting involved in a school where your kids go to school or where you go to school. Or maybe there's something that you haven't been able to get involved in or be a part of and you want to take that risk this week to do something new. Or if there is a certain fear that you want to just give to the Lord this morning, a fear of failure, a fear of rejection, a fear of what people say or think about you, if that haunts you, if that bothers you, you want to give that to the Lord. And as we close this breakthrough sermon series today, if something we've talked about in the past couple of weeks uh, connected with you, a certain issue, breaking through a negativity or a sin, whatever the case may be, I want to give you that opportunity to come forward. We're just going to come up here and stand, and we're going to pray together, and we're going to give it to the Lord. So take that risk, come forward as we play. Give it to the Lord today. Don't stay in your seat. You're going to take a risk this week. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Just pray you do the work today, Lord God. The power of your spirit, Lord God. Supernatural surgery in our minds, in our holes, in our spirits. We come, Lord God, looking for forgiveness, Lord God. We come, Lord God, to let go of bitterness, 
Lord God, we come today because maybe we've been hurt in our relationship. Some, something someone said or did has hurt us for years. And we want to give that to you today, Lord God. We want to be free today. Something we've done in our past. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's an action we took, a decision we made. And we've been guilty about it for years. We want to give that today, Lord God. Remove that jealousy from our heart, that bitterness, whatever the case may be, Lord God. We just want to be free in you and receive your unconditional love. We give it all to you, the negativity, the criticalness, the gossiping, the lack of faith. Lord God, we want to live out the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, of joy and peace and self-control and faithfulness and patience, Lord God. We want to reflect Christ in our lives every single day. We just give you the praise now, Lord God. We just come to you. We pray, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in our lives. We just bring it to you, Lord God. Every issue, every fear, we just give it to you. Amen, amen, amen. And if you did not come forward this morning, I want you to repeat this prayer. If you feel led where you are, and those of you that are up here, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud so the Lord can hear you. He can hear you, but maybe so you can hear it. Say it out loud. Heavenly Father God, I want to find my true peace in you today. I give you my whole life, my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit. Forgive me for everything. All my sins, all the issues I've struggled with, fear, unforgiveness, negativity. I fill in the blank in my mind. Whatever the sin is, I give it to you. Give me my freedom, Lord. Set me free today. I pray in Jesus' name. And I receive your unconditional love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive it now in Jesus' name. And as I leave this place today, I leave a risk taker, a bold servant of God, living out your will in my life, everywhere. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. God is good, man. I just want to hug everybody. I want to hug all you guys. Amen.